cliffcentral.com. But first things first, let's get to Dr. Hanan Bushkin this morning. We've had him on a couple of weeks now, and it seems to be going really well. People are sending us all kinds of, uh, of serious personal mental health issues which they'd like to deal with. And Dr. Hanan is on board to help us solve these problems. Hey, Dr. Hanan, how's it? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good to see you. Um, I got this. Nice to see you. I got this email from somebody, and um, I sent it along to you to just have a look at, so you knew what we'd be talking about this morning. But he says, or she says, I'm not even sure. Please ask Dr. Hanan to talk about toxic parents. Last year, I decided to cut my mother off because of how controlling and mean she is. When I was young, I did everything by the book to make her happy. Last year, she found out that I support my grandmother's sister financially. This upset her a lot. Even though she owns her own business, she wastes her money on things she can't afford. Last year, I was going through a really tough time. I had legal problems. I got mugged. My house was broken into twice. My mother called to say that it's no surprise, and all the bad things that were happening to me were as a result of her tears shed when she found out that I'm supporting my great aunt. I didn't know how anyone could harbor so much resentment for so long. She also said that worse things are still going to happen to me if I don't change and let her benefit from raising me and paying for my education. She will curse me. If she dies after having cursed me, the curse will stay with me forever and maybe even spill over to my children. Jesus, this is bad. I mean, this is an awful, awful person. What? Where do you start with people who are like this? I mean, I, I just can't believe that a parent would be such a malevolent influence on in their children's lives. Yeah, um, uh, listen, uh, parents are, I mean, they're given the title, but uh, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And being a parent is one of the hardest jobs on planet Earth just because there's no service manual. There's no manual on how to do it. There's no troubleshoot at the back of this manual. So if your child acts in a particular way at whatever age, we just don't have a book to go to on how to handle uh, how to handle it and how to manage it. Yeah. So parenting is very difficult. But what I advise people, you know, when when we engage with others, uh, give my patients a couple of rule sets when you engage with others. And um, uh, there are 10 in total, but I won't bore you with all 10, but I'll give you the top three, mm-hmm. which is one, history does not mean value. So when you invest in people, don't take history into account. Just because something was valuable to you then, it doesn't mean that it's valuable to you now. So if I'm selling, I don't know, this business for a billion rand and you say to me why, and I say to you, well, because 20 years ago it was worth a billion and now it's worth nothing. Yeah. Well, how much are you going to pay for it? Well, you're not going to value it on what it did then. You're going to value it on what it did now. And unfortunately, when I see relationships, people go, but she's been my best friend since grade three. And my answer will, is my answer to them is, well, no one cares really. It's what's the value right now that you should be judging. And the second, the second rule or principle that I share with people is whilst history doesn't mean value, future potential does mean value. So if something, something is valuable to you, perhaps in the future, not necessarily now, and gym is a good example. Mm-hmm. I'm prepared to invest into working out now, not because it has value for me now, but it has future potential value. But yeah. the third principle linking to our story is title. It does not mean value. And it's a very difficult thing to even say, but just because uh, someone has given a certain title and people do this everywhere. Well, he is my boss. Therefore I need to invest in that. Or he is my rabbi or he is my Pope or he's my whatever. And people give value to title as opposed to the value that the person offers in this moment to you. So when it comes to parents, you've got to ask yourself, 
yes, listen, I'm, I'm all big on respect, um, of course, but ask yourself, is there value and should I be investing in that? And if it takes away the value from you, then maybe question the relationship and start negotiating it. All right. Now, what you've just said is, is terrific information, and that helps with any kind of relationship, any any meaningful interaction you have with other people. But in this particular case, what do you think is going on here? I mean, what's this mother's problem? She's clinging to her daughter. <laughs> I mean, this is a really... I'd love to have the mother on the show. You should just yeah, call her in. Well, let's, just, let's have a conversation. I somehow suspect she's not going to be first in line to get on the show. You know, people hate being corrected and they hate being told when they're wrong. And it seems to me this is a this is abusive. Like, I'm going to curse you. Um, you've got all these bad things coming at you. Guilt, guilt, guilt. This is horrible. No, this is horrible. This is horrible. And, uh, you know, parents have a responsibility to their kids. And, again, there's no service manual. But if I can offer one um, analogy that would help all parents. Mm. Imagine you're sitting at the back of, of a plane and you overhear, you're going through turbulence and you overhear the pilots in the front bickering, fighting, arguing, not having any direction, maybe even cursing each other. How are you going to feel? Well, you, we're obviously going to freak out because we want somebody to lead us. We want somebody that has more knowledge, that has more experience, that has more maturity yep to lead us. And what happens with families is that parents don't realize that you are the captain of your kid's flight. And if you don't lead them, they're naturally going to feel anxious. And what happens when we are leaderless, then somebody has to come to the fore. But usually the person that comes to the fore is the child that has no experience on flying a plane. And then what happens, obviously, the system just collapses. So to answer your question is, obviously, this mother is not leading effectively. Yeah. I don't know the ins and outs. I'd love to meet the mother. But obviously, this is in, ineffectual, ineffectual and um, inappropriate to be able to, to instill guilt in your child. But uh, to the um, anonymous emailer, I would say, well, you've got one or two things. Converse and set boundaries and let your mother know exactly what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Yeah. Or two, if your mother doesn't change, then to begin the process of disconnecting. Now, disconnecting doesn't mean I'm not going to speak to you anymore. It could just mean I'm changing the quality of our relationship. Right. So previously, I would maybe have a conversation with you about my relationships and my life and my friendships and my inspirations and my values and my intentions in life. But actually, since you can't handle this type of relationship, I'm going to I don't expect you to change because you won't. Therefore, I'm going to give you a little bit less. And with, I mean, we keep on discussing the coin theory. We can update it every time. But the way it works is the more we invest into something, the more we value it. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. The more we invest into something, the more we value it. So if I invest a million rand into a business and it fails, I care a lot. If I invest nothing into a business and it fails, well, I don't care. Right. The more you invest into something, the more you value it, the more there's room for disappointment. So if the mother is a failing business in inverted commas will just lower your investment because the hurt is going to be the disappointment is going to be a lot less that's Ooh. excellent advice but the, yeah. the, the whole idea of guilt i mean there's something about that too there are people who just carry enormous amounts of guilt around their whole lives and it, it sometimes has to do with their parents or their siblings or whatever it might be and and this is not a healthy way to live but it's hard for people especially if they're conscientious people who care about the way others feel and the way they make others feel this can this can have a very devastating impact on your own 
self-belief, your own confidence, because you're overwhelmed sometimes by this guilt. And if it's coming from one source, like Anonymous's mother here, that's just really, it's just an unfair burden to place on your children. You know, Kath, guilt is probably the most destructive emotion, but guilt is the most effective emotion manipulating somebody. So when you can no longer use uh, coercion or uh, tyranny to manipulate someone because you don't have that kind of leverage, well, the next best thing is guilt. And I mentioned this to you before, guilt is a very, very important emotion to have. We are born into this world and society, culture, parents, uh, country regulate us with certain rules. And when we abide by the rules, we feel really good. And when we step out of the rule sets, we feel guilty. And guilt is a very important emotion because it regulates us. It yeah. makes us feel within a culture. It makes us behave within a social structure. The problems, and, and that's very healthy because as I've mentioned this to you before, people that don't feel guilty, we send them away to psychiatric wards and prisons because they're not welcome within our social structure. But the problem is when the rule set no longer apply to you because of where you're at. So I'll give you an analogy. If I'm three years old and the rules that my parents set for me is do not cross the road without holding your parents' hands, mm -hmm. uh, without holding our hands. Well, at three years old, that's very effective and it's very valuable. It has mm -hmm. utility because the moment I think to myself as a three-year-old, I want to cross the road by myself guilt should initiate a good guilt should start up right. to make me go no no i can't do that i need to hold my parents hands right but at 42 years old having the same rule set is no longer valuable there's no utility to looking for my parents when, when i'm 42 looking for them to cross the road the problem again is not the guilt that was initiated when i was three because i was very effective the problem is i stuck to the same rule set at 30 years later when the environment and the phases changed so you want to always ask yourself, does that emotion, that does the guilt, and for that matter, any emotion, does it have any utility? Does it serve a purpose? And if the answer is yes, that's wonderful. Continue acting within those emotions boundaries. Okay. But if that emotion has no utility, you've got to act in complete opposite as though that emotion does not exist. So let's go back to the guilt story. So if I'm 42 years old, and I want to cross the road by myself. Now the rule set is don't cross the road unless your parents are there. And I know that emotion has no utility. I'm going to act as though the guilt wasn't there and I'm going to cross the road. Right. Now something interesting happens when you break the rules in your own head. When you break the rules, so now cross the road, the guilt doesn't stay the same. It becomes worse. It what? gets worse. The intensity goes up. So now I feel even worse. But as I keep on doing it 5, 10, 15, 30, 50 times, now your brain adjusts the rule sets because it realizes that behavior is completely functional and the guilt falls away. So the problem with confronting your guilt is it does get okay. worse, but keep on doing it and then it gets better and it dies. So, yeah. So in other words, for those people who are slightly uh, sociopathic, uh, just keep on doing those things and then <laughs> the guilt won't be there anymore. <laughs> that's, that's good advice. Well, I mean, that's, that's helpful stuff. Well, again... Again, again, ask yourself, what's the utility? Yeah. The, does it have any value? If it's got no value and you're going to be sent away to, to prison, well, of course you can't do that mm. because, well, I mean, unless that's where you want to be. But if you, <laughs> that's not where you want to be, certainly just confront that. Yeah. I, I just think that there are a lot of people who they never learn to, to get over the guilt that other people put onto them. And, you know, you see these, these people who are still feeling guilty uh, 10 years after their parents have died about something they said to their mom at age seven. 
You're like, this is not good. This is not healthy. Yeah, but the same principle applies. The more you invest into something, the more it, the more you value it, the bigger it becomes. Yeah. Remember, just because something doesn't make sense, it doesn't mean that it has to take up space. Just because something doesn't make sense, it doesn't mean that it has yeah. to take up space. So there's many things in the world that don't make sense. But the more we invest in it, right. the more the more it takes up uh, rental in our rental space in our brain. So the trick is to invest into things that create value, not things that don't make sense that have no value for you. Um, who believes in curses? Annette says this is ridiculous. That's as reliable as star signs. Dave, some people <laughs> some people do, huh? Especially if it comes from someone who loves you supposedly. Or, I mean, clearly, if someone's cursing you, they don't love you, but. But there's also this emotional manipulation, which I think a lot of people deal with in relationships um, all the time. And, and it, yeah. com- it comes with curses and blessings, you know, and some people feel like they can't make it through the day unless they have that, that other person's approval. It's awful. It's absolutely awful, especially when you have the power, as, as I said, in the title of a parent. You can bless and you can curse and you can use that to, in a way to get the, the child to behave in line with what you want them to do. But it's incredibly abusive when you use such words such as, well, you're going to be cursed. I mean, because how do you clean, how do you clean that off you? What, what, horrible, what a horrible thing to say to your own daughter. I'll curse you. And if, if, you, if I die before the curse has um, started its work, it'll be there forever. That's what the mother says. I mean, this yeah, is dreadful. <laughs> It's awful. Like, wait, wait till I die. Watch how much guilt you'll have. Watch how much regret you'll have. You know, that's, I mean, you hear, you hear that a lot from parents. Uh, Certainly it's, it's inappropriate. It's unacceptable because what are your kids meant to do with that information? It's awful. I mean, Tracy says it's not really about whether you believe curses or not, but that a maternal figure would actually have ill wishes towards you is just terrible. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It destroys the relationship for sure. Yeah, I'm just and so Dr. Hanan, <laughs> for me, the question then becomes, you know, if I think back to school, um, the millions of years when I was in there, is that they, they, they told you, they, they used to tell us not to put ourselves first. It's, it's, it was, it's almost, and yeah, I hate to be this guy, but it's because of religious teaching, right? And I'm not, I'm not big on that whole thing, but I'm not going to ask you to, to go to that world is how, at what age is it appropriate to now teach kids that it's okay to put yourself first without them becoming, um, you know, the emperor Nero. It's like, it's okay to hurt people's feelings. It's okay for people to be upset around you. Like, I don't know when to tell kids that. Like, it's, it's hard to tell a 13-year-old that it's okay to hurt someone's feelings. That's fine. It's okay if they're upset. It's okay because really what you want is for Anonymous to say, it's okay to hurt your mom's feelings at this stage. It's like, it's not okay what's happening or I don't know if I'm wrong, but children need to know it's okay to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. Well, well, the truth is you're going to hurt people because we live in a social world where we're going to interact. And especially Mm. now that the world has opened up through the internet and social media, our interaction becomes very complicated. So it's never mind. It's okay to hurt. You are going to hurt other people. That's the nature of the beast. You know, the moment you come on air and you say really anything, you say, Oh my God, I love water. There's going to be somebody that says, well, you're killing, I don't know, you know, plastic, plastic. How can you love plastic? Yeah. Um, so somebody's, you know, you're going to hurt somebody just by merely existing. <laughs> so never mind. It's okay to hurt someone. You are going to hurt other people's feelings, but you've got to stay true to your own vision. Because the moment, again, the moment you're swimming or you're running your race and you're always checking up on how is this one doing and how am I doing in comparison to someone else, 
that is when you're going to feel never good enough. Yeah, well, you can't. Yeah, and you can't live like that. I mean, there's also this this very fine line, and and we don't have to get into this this morning because we won't have time for it. But the idea that that some people are good and some people are evil is just ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's good in certain circumstances to not care what other people think, but it's also, if taken to extreme, it is the d- definition of evil to not give a damn about anyone else. I mean, then you really are just living the most selfish life possible. But if you don't have a little bit of selfishness. And you don't make a bit of time for yourself and take a little bit of your own life to make for you. That's not noble. Yeah. That's not noble. That's not uh, smart because you'll spend the, the whole of your life in service to others and you'll have a meaningless life. I mean, there's, there's value in doing things for other people, obviously. But if you are miserable deep down inside and you feel like you're just you know, a slave to everybody else, that's no good. You know, guys, the the thing is, and what I want to kind of instill, and maybe today's greatest lesson, at least for me, to instill is the difference between adults and children is children see things as absolutes. They're binary. You always love me. You never say yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. are always this. You're always that. Adults see this see, see things in a much more complex way. You, I can love you, and I can sometimes. And sometimes maybe I don't like you and that's okay. I can look after myself and I can look after you at the same time. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can be good in certain circumstances and awful in others. There's, there's this, there's, there's a complexity to human nature that I have to accept. You know, if you had to write a personality test, a million question personality test, and it would spit out a result and it would tell you, you're this mature, you're this intelligent, you are this introverted, you are this extroverted. It would plot you on a graph. Mm. But in reality, that's, that could not be further from the truth. In reality, we're different in different environments. In some yeah. environments, I'm mature. In other vi- environments, I'm immature. Some environments, I'm introverted. Right. Other environments, extroverted. Some environments, are very smart. Others, not. Some, very deep. And some, very shallow. And who am I? Well, that and that and the million things in between. Mm. And to turn to a human being and say, just be yourself is like turning to a chameleon and say, just be green. And by turning to a chameleon, <laughs> telling it to just be green, you're taking the essence away from a chameleon. We as human beings and somebody, somebody had to say to me, can I just be yourself? My answer back is, what are you talking about? Which version? What are you talking about? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I'm as a mature adult, I'm giving myself permission to be that, yeah. that, and hundreds of things in between, depending on the environment, because I can mold myself to the environment. Right. And you, you can't, you just cannot be consistently the same person that you were at X point in time, because you're also changing depending on, you know, new inputs, new environments, new relationships, new priorities. I mean, you know that because you can change those things on a daily basis for yourself. So let's all for just sure. be, let's all be sure. a little bit sensible about this. Anyway, Dr. Hanan, for sure. And you give yourself permission to be different in different environments. For there sure. we go. And it's not schizophrenic or, 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 or multiple 100%. personality disorder. It's just, it's just all the different, uh, all the different versions of you hanging out in the same room. And sometimes one of them is louder than the other. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, It's always good to check in with you. And thank you for helping Anonymous, hopefully, to solve some of her problems. It sounds like a terrible situation she's going through over there. And we will see you, Dr. Hanan, in a week's time. See you next week. Cheers, guys. Nice to see you.